Hey there, welcome to Pickled Parables. This podcast is presented by Parable Ministries as a Bible teaching resource. Thank you for joining us. Pickled Parables is a podcast about taking in and living out the Bible. Here we will study, contemplate, and testify to the Bible's incredible teachings and how it leads us to live better lives. To stay up to date with all things Parable, follow us on Instagram at parable underscore ministries and visit our website at parableministries.com. We hope today's message finds you well. Hello everyone, it's Jesse here. I will be presenting 1 Peter chapter 2, uh, verses 13 through 17 today. Let me read this passage as we begin. Be subject, for the Lord's sake, to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God, honor the emperor. So far in this epistle, Peter has been pushing a biblical worldview that runs contrary to our natural inclinations. Peter addresses this letter to the elect exiles of the dispersion, and he presents the idea of Christians being foreigners in this earthly land. He directs the audience's mindset towards the right hand of the Father, and he encourages them to live as citizens of heaven in the kingdom of man. As we engage with our selected passage for today, it would be good to remember a collection of statements that Peter has said prior to this moment. In chapter 1, Peter wrote, As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. In chapter 2, Peter continues, So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants, Long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. And a little bit further in chapter 2, he says, Beloved, I urge you, as sojourners and exiles, to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. We would do well to remember these three passages as we enter into today's paragraph. Up to this point, Peter has been urging his audience to lean into their redemptive identity. With this push, then, a question arises which 
Michael Turtelot started to address uh, in the last episode, the question of, as children of God, how should we interact with the civic structures and the, the social customs in this foreign land, in this foreign kingdom? Peter continues to address this question with the following paragraph. This is 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. Be subject, for the Lord's sake, to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Now this paragraph it demonstrates the linguistic creativity that is often noted about this letter. As we view verse 13, we find a descriptive word that has some fun angles of meaning to it in the Greek. Let me read the beginning portion of verse 13 again. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. The majority of our English Bible translations uh, uses this phrase, uh, human institution. However, in a few other translations, like the Young's literal translation, we, we get to see another way of what this phrase could look like. In the Young's literal translation, it would say, be subject then to every human creation. To every human creation. The word is fascinating in the Greek. It's pronounced katesis. And it's primarily used in the New Testament to describe something that is being created, something that has been created, created beings like creatures, and the creation of something similar to someone founding something, establishing something, or building something, like an institution. Now, the creativity of using this word here in this situation is that it becomes a loaded description. He's referencing political systems, emperors and governors, but in a way, he's noting their level of authority. So our English word institutions, it's not an inaccurate description here, as institutions are something that have been created and established, but we do miss out on the curveball that this descriptive word is supposed to be. As we remember Peter's content prior to this moment, we begin to see the direction that he's going. Peter has been presenting a worldview of where God is it. He is the center. He is the creator of the world. He is the lover of your soul. He is the adoptive parent in our salvation. Peter says in chapter 1, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Listen to these, these powerful words, his great 
mercy, he has caused us to be born again, the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power, there it is directly addressed, by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. God is presented as the ultimate power and authority. As we come to chapter 2, verse 13 then, we find, be subject for the Lord's sake to every human creature or creation, especially within the sense of political systems, whether to the emperor, the ruler of all, or to governors he has appointed. This subtle word usage here, it could refer to the Roman idea of emperor worship, where Roman emperors were supposed to be worshipped as a god by their subjects. By using this angled word, he could be acknowledging their due respect while also minimizing their claim to divinity. They are created beings. They are not gods. He's noting their level of authority and how their authority is under that of God. Also, under the general theme of living an exilic life, as First Peter expresses quite a bit, this brings to mind, it harkens back to the Jewish exile in Babylon. This statement brings to mind the story of King Nebuchadnezzar. King Nebuchadnezzar uh, was the Babylonian king during at least part of the exile. He's a commonly referenced figure in the Bible, and there's a rather detailed story throughout the book of Daniel that is dedicated to various moments in his life. In the book of Daniel, he is displayed as the king of the world. He is powerful. And he exerts his authority like that of a powerful king. He sets up a statue and decrees that all his subjects bow down and worship it. He institutes universal laws that everyone must obey or be put to death. He is the supreme ruler of the land. But in Daniel chapter 4, a story is told of King Nebuchadnezzar's uh, becoming humble, (laughs) It says in Daniel chapter 4, verses 29 through 33, At the end of twelve months, King Nebuchadnezzar was walking on the roof of the royal palace in Babylon. And the king answered, and he said, Is not this great Babylon, which I have built by my mighty power as a royal residence and for the glory of my majesty? While the words were still in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you, and you shall be driven from among men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. And you shall be made to eat grass like an ox, and seven periods of time shall pass over you, until you know that the Most High God rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will. Immediately, the word was fulfilled against King Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven 
from among men, and he ate grass like an ox, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair grew as long as eagle's feathers, and his nails were like bird's claws. The significance of this story highlights Peter's point. It is God who rules with ultimate authority, and even kings are his created creatures. This story would undoubtedly have come to mind for the studied members of Peter's audience. This is the number one example of a mighty ruler facing the ultimate authority of God. So with this in mind, be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution or creature, whether it be to the emperor as supreme, the ruler of all, or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. You know, this reminds me of the time recorded in the book of Acts, I believe it's chapter 19, when Paul went to the city of Ephesus. During Paul's time in this city, many came to know the Lord through Paul's ministry, and they threw away their idols, they they burned their witchcraft items. However, the silversmiths and the idol makers noticed a negative effect on their sales because of this. And this, in the end, resulted in a riot. Let me find it real quick. I'll, I'll just read it from Acts chapter 19. About that time, there arose no little disturbance concerning the way. Uh, the way is what Christianity was referred to uh, before it was referred to as Christianity. For a man named Demetrius, a silversmith, who made silver shrines of Artemis, brought no little business to the craftsmen. These he gathered together with the workmen in similar trades, and he said, Men, you know that from this business we have our wealth, and you see and hear that not only in Ephesus, but in almost all of Asia, this Paul has persuaded and turned away a great many people, saying that gods made with hands are not gods. And there is danger not only that this trade of ours may come into disrepute, but also that the temple of the great goddess Artemis may be counted as nothing, and that she may even be disposed from her magnificence, she whom all Asia and the world worship. When they heard this, they were enraged and were crying out, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. So the city was filled with confusion, and they rushed together into the theater, dragging with them Gaius and Aristarchus, Macedonians who were Paul's companions in travel. But when Paul wished to go in among the crowd, the disciples would not let him. And even some of the Asiarchs, who were friends of his, sent to him, and were urging him not to venture into the theater. Now, some cried out one thing, some another, for the assembly was in confusion, and most of them did not know why they had come together. Some of the crowd prompted Alexander, whom the Jews had put forward, and Alexander, motioning with his hand, wanted to make a defense to the crowd. But when they recognized that he was a Jew, 
For about two hours, they all cried out with one voice, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. When the town clerk had quieted the crowd, he said, Men of Ephesus, who is there who does not know that the city of the Ephesians is the temple keeper of the great Artemis and of the sacred stone that fell from the sky? Seeing then that these things cannot be denied, you ought to be quiet and do nothing rash. For you have brought these men here who are neither sacrilegious nor blasphemers of our goddess. If therefore Demetrius and the craftsmen with him have a complaint against anyone, the courts are open and there are proconsuls. Let them bring charges against one another. But if you seek anything further, it shall be settled in the regular assembly. For we really are in danger of being charged with rioting today, since there is no cause that we can give to justify this commotion. And when he had said these things, he dismissed the assembly. This is a fascinating example of what Peter is talking about in chapter 2. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution or creature, whether it be to the emperor as supreme, the ruler of all, or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. This further emphasizes the importance of a Christian's conduct. By adopting Peter's proposed worldview of God being the ultimate authority, we are to respect all his creatures and acknowledge the place of authority that God has put some of them in. This is a radical shift in thinking compared to when we are left to our own natural devices. In our natural state, we want either power or control, whichever side of the spectrum is most convenient. But by relinquishing that control to its proper place, or better yet, to the proper person, God the Most High, we are consciously entering into God's ultimate authority where we are given freedom in the fullest sense. Continuing in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 16, picking up in our paragraph, it says, Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Within this freedom that we find in the Lord, we must willingly submit ourselves to Him. It is through our submission to the Lord that we can best respect and honor those who are in authority above us. Because ultimately, God is above them. Think of Daniel and his friends living in Babylon during the great exile. As King Nebuchadnezzar set up his statue of gold and decreed that all must bow down to it, Daniel's friends obeyed the Lord above the Babylonian king in this matter, but they never disrespected the king, and they continued to treat him with honor 
while obeying the Lord. This faithful conduct brought the king to declare, it says in Daniel chapter 3, this is King Nebuchadnezzar, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants, who trusted in him and set aside the king's command, my command, and yielded up their bodies rather than, rather than to serve and worship any god except their own. Therefore, I make a decree. Any people, nation, or language that speaks anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb and their houses laid in ruins. For there is no other God who is able to rescue in this way. Think of Daniel, who worked in the political system of Babylon. Listen to this verse in Daniel chapter 6 that describes his character. Then the high officials and the satraps sought to find a ground of complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom. But they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. Then these men said, We shall not find any ground for complaint against this Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. Daniel had taken this worldview that Peter is presenting, and he was living by it. These high officials and satraps who were looking for a complaint against him, they were living according to their natural desires for control and power. But if you know the story of Daniel, then you know that he continued in faithfulness, both in regards to God and to the king that God had set in place, despite an unfortunate visit to a lion's den. God is the ultimate authority. And as we live with this acknowledgement, we enter a submission where all his created creatures, those made in the image of God, are honored and respected. Peter concludes this paragraph with four simple statements. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. These statements conclude and also they begin to take us into the next portion of this epistle but we'll pause here for this week and rest in what has been said. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Thank you for listening to Pickled Parables. If you enjoyed this message, please rate us, subscribe, and share with your friends. 
If you're interested in more things like this, check out our secondary podcast called My Dusty Bible. To stay up to date with all things Parable, follow us on Instagram at parable underscore ministries and visit our website at parableministries.com. Parable is a volunteer organization and we would deeply appreciate your prayers. Thank you for joining us today. We'll catch you later.